Hey everybody, what you are about to listen to is an episode of Am I Dying? Here at Offscript, we've taken the Am I Dying show, put a twist on it, and created the new Is It Serious podcast with Dr. Mark Lewis and Dr. Jean-Luc Neptune. Think of it this way. The Am I Dying docs discuss lots of symptoms, while the Is It Serious docs answer lots of questions. And all of the episodes are here on this feed for your listening pleasure. For new episodes, don't forget to subscribe, and thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Am I Dying podcast. This is Dr. Chris Kelly. And I'm Dr. Mark Eisenberg. Thanks for We did the us. one goddamn thing he told us not to do. <laughs> Mark, that was a test. <laughs> From Offscript Media, this is Am I Dying? A conversational podcast about your symptoms and what to do next. I'm Dr. Chris Kelly. And I'm Dr. Mark Eisenberg. We're doctors who just happen to be close friends and we're ready to answer the vital question. Should you chill out or freak out? Today we are going to be talking about a topic that is very near and dear to our hearts as cardiologists, but it's something that pretty much every human being on the planet should be thinking about uh, from time to time, and that's cholesterol. Uh, cholesterol. Yes. We're going to talk about what is a good cholesterol? Uh, how do you know uh, when your levels are optimized? Uh, when should you consider taking medications to improve your cholesterol? What are the benefits of doing that? And uh, more importantly, you know, how often should your cholesterol be checked? So this is something that I think a lot of people don't really understand that well, but it's important to everybody because cholesterol levels, if too high, put you at significant unnecessary risk of heart attack and stroke. So let's just jump right in. Plus other stuff too, you know, blockages in your legs, plus a whole uh, slew of other problems. You know, when we were younger, it was always the thing your grandparents were talking about, cholesterol, 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 you know, but now actually a lot of, you know, teenagers are being diagnosed with high cholesterol and actually a lot of teenagers are being treated for high cholesterol. So yes, we're both adult cardiologists, uh, so it's definitely relevant for our patient populations. I would say there's been two important trends probably to explain what you noted, that younger people are being treated for high cholesterol. On the one hand, I think that we have over the last 10 or 20 years gotten a much better idea just how strongly cholesterol contributes to the risk of heart and vascular disease. Uh-huh. But that, that's partially because we have better treatments now, yeah, so exactly. we can actually know how, how the treatments are working in people. Yeah, we've gotten much more aggressive about treating it because, as you say, the treatments are so effective uh, and generally very, very safe. Uh, but, you know, in addition to the country is getting uh, heavier um, and the rates of overweight and obesity are going up dramatically. Why are you looking at me while you say that? <laughs> um, some of us have gotten a lot heavier uh, <laughs> over the past few years. And as a result, uh, cholesterol, which is tied closely to weight, uh, has also gone up. So something that I'm sure you uh, do as well, but I deal with with most patients every single day, and it's something that really shouldn't be overlooked. So let's just start with the super basic question, which is how often um, and starting at what age should cholesterol be checked? So my, yeah. my practice with this is to check it at least once, uh, starting in your 20s, just to make sure that you don't have some genetic cholesterol syndrome that's sending mm-hmm. your cholesterol off the charts, and also to start checking it if you've been diagnosed with diabetes or high blood pressure or any other heart disease, and then checking it every three to five years if it looks okay. Is that something yeah. like you do it? 
Yeah, you know, I guess you have to take, you know, hopefully most people have gotten their cholesterol checked when they were still with their pediatrician. But definitely, if someone's coming to someone for the first time in their 20s or 30s and hasn't had a cholesterol checked in years, they should definitely get a cholesterol check. Um, you know, and then depending on, you know, other risk factors, uh, including whether they have high blood pressure, whether they have diabetes, whether they're a current smoker, or if they have a family history of heart disease, uh, we might have to be more aggressive and check it, you know, every year. Uh, clearly, if you're being treated for high cholesterol, you should have your, you know, your levels checked at least once a year to make yeah. sure the treatment's working. Right. Uh, but, you know, one thing we should talk about with people is what is cholesterol? So, yeah. like, so people understand cholesterol, you know, what is actually cholesterol? What's swimming around in your blood? Yeah. So cholesterol is a combination of fats and proteins bundled up into little molecules uh, that sort of ferry fat uh, from one part of the body to another. So from your gut to your liver, from your liver to your gut, your liver to other organs. And there's a lot of different subtypes of cholesterol depending mm -hmm. on the size of those particles and what they're doing. And so, yeah, and we're go we're going to tell you which are the important ones to look after. Some doctors check for like fifteen different types of cholesterol, and it's all garbage and a waste of money. Yeah, I have always felt that as well. And there's really no evidence that you need to check a gazillion different types of cholesterol particles. But there's a few that are included in every cholesterol test that you can get, and which are really important to know about. So the first one uh, is called the LDL, the lousy bad cholesterol. So LDL is the one that you need to look out for. It's the one that increases your risk of heart attack or stroke. And the higher that number is, the worse. So LDL is something we think about a lot. The next up is HDL. I don't know. Do, is that happy? Uh, no, 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 no. So healthy. basically it's low, it's low density and high density. But the way for all of us to remember it is LDL is the bad cholesterol. L for lousy and HDL is the good cholesterol. H for healthy. Uh, which actually brings up another thing. When people say my total cholesterol is high, you know, it, that's if your good cholesterol is high, your total cholesterol is going to look high and you might be better off. So again, so the LDL is the bad cholesterol. The HDL is the healthy or good cholesterol. And the higher the HDL, uh, the better. Yeah. So you have your LDL and your HDL. You have your triglycerides. Uh, yeah. which are derived pretty much directly from food. And if you don't fast before your cholesterol test, those are going to be really high. Well, that, that's a good question. Do people really need to fast? When we say fast, not for six days, you know, but basically from midnight the night before till eight or nine in the morning when you get your blood test. Yeah. So I generally tell people that they don't need to fast just because it's mm -hmm. so much easier to check non-fasting labs. Um, yeah. But if the triglycerides are really high, uh, then I make them go back and do it again fasting uh, because yeah. we need to find out if those were high because they had just eaten uh, or mm -hmm. because their body isn't processing triglycerides correctly. And if the triglycerides yeah. are high, it can mess up the rest of the cholesterol panel too. Yeah, so, it could actually make your HDL or good cholesterol look too low. It can make it look uh, much lower than it really is. So when you get actual, go to the doctor and get your cholesterol readout, they're going to give you a total cholesterol, which actually equals the LDL cholesterol plus the HDL cholesterol plus the triglyceride level over five. Yeah. So you're going to actually get a breakdown of all three. And depending on if one of the three of them is abnormal, uh, your treatment could be different. So there's been a lot of evolution on when we treat cholesterol levels. Uh, and a lot of it, uh, Mark, as you know, has to do with your age uh, and your other uh, risk factors for heart disease like diabetes and blood pressure. Um, so there's 
a couple main scenarios where we are just not going to be pleased with your cholesterol levels and recommend that we do something about them. So number one, yeah. straight off the bat, if your LDL bad cholesterol is greater than 190, that should be treated. Um, yeah. And every now and then, you know, I'll, I'll test some person in their 20s just for screening, healthcare maintenance, and they'll have an LDL of 280, which is extremely mm -hmm. high. And that person, in almost all cases, has a genetic predisposition to high Definitely. cholesterol. That or they've been to McDonald's every day that week. <laughs> and when you ask them, both of their parents have high cholesterol, and there's just no question that that person needs their cholesterol lowered. But sometimes people have a pretty high LDL just uh, because they're diabetic, overweight, uh, have a poor diet, and have other reasons to have a high cholesterol. But if your LDL is greater than 190, pretty much in all cases right off the bat, that needs to be treated regardless of anything else. Yeah. So then uh, we go into some other factors. So if you have a, a history of heart disease or stroke, like you've had a heart attack in the past or you've had a stroke in the past, there too, we treat the LDL regardless of what it is. In pretty much yeah. all cases, you're going to end up on a medicine to lower your cholesterol. Okay. Uh, so that's number two. Number three, if you have diabetes and you're over the age of 40, pretty much in all of those cases too, you're going to be on medicine to lower your cholesterol. I know. I see, I see a few diabetic patients every month who've been followed by endocrinologists and they're actually in their 40s or 50s and they're not on a statin, which is the cholesterol medication we usually prescribe people. Yeah. And they say that's because my cholesterol is, is normal and it doesn't matter if it's normal because people with diabetes, type 1 and type 2, are at higher risk uh, for what we call endothelial dysfunction, heart attacks and strokes. So we are very aggressive with the these uh, patients and they should be on even a low dose of a cholesterol medication, which what, besides lowering your cholesterol, it also stabilizes all the plaques in your body. And you've got, yeah, exactly as you say, all the risk from the diabetes. So since the lower the cholesterol is better, you, you should make it as low as you safely can uh, to yeah. eliminate that risk. It's actually malpractice if your doctor doesn't put you on a statin and you're over 40 with diabetes. So, Well, there are a couple exceptions, which we can talk about later, but in most cases, you should be on one. Or have a good lawyer. <laughs> so that's that. So stick with us. After the break, we're going to talk about one other sort of really, really broad category, probably the biggest category of people who need to take cholesterol medicine, uh, the one that most of the people listening are going to find themselves in. We'll let you know if you're in that category. And then we're going to talk about how we actually treat cholesterol and what the various options are and what the risks are and what the plus i also are. want to know can we eat eggs and can we have red meat exactly all right so stick with us we'll be right back the angie's list you know and trust is now angie and we're so much more than just a list we still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome back. We are talking about everything you need to know about cholesterol. So far, we've talked about what cholesterol is, the different parts of a cholesterol panel, uh, which includes LDL for lousy, bad cholesterol, HDL for healthy, good cholesterol, triglycerides, and total cholesterol. And we've talked about a couple groups uh, that should have their cholesterol lowered. So anyone with a LDL over 190, anyone who has had a heart attack or a stroke in the past, anyone who um, has diabetes and is over the age of 40, 
should be mm-hmm. on a cholesterol medicine. And then there's this one really big category that that opened up a few years ago. You know, there was a rewriting of the cholesterol guidelines, and this concept was added. And it was a little controversial for a while, and remains so to this date. But I think that um, most doctors are embracing this now. Mark, do you want to tell people what it is? Are you talking about the cardiovascular risk calculator? Of course. Yes, actually, uh, the cardiovascular risk calculator is a great tool. Uh, You can actually do it uh, at home on your own computer and figure out what your 10-year risk of having a heart attack or a stroke is. Um, Actually, uh, if you want a quick way to find this calculator, it's on our website, which is midying.com. We have an article on cholesterol, should you be treated. Uh, Or you could just go to the ACC, American College of Cardiology website, and you know, link on to their cardiovascular risk calculator. Uh, again, what you're going to do is they're going to ask you a bunch of questions, um, your blood pressure. So actually try to have your blood pressure taken either by somebody you know with a blood pressure machine or just remember what it was last time you were at your doctor because you're going to plug in your uh, cholesterol numbers, the triglycerides, the HDL, the LDL, uh, your age, um, your race, Uh, your sex, not if you're having sex, but if you're a male or a female, and um, your blood pressure. And it will actually give you a number of what your risk of having a heart attack or a stroke is in the next 10 years. So what is the magic number, Mark? When do we worry about? They say the magic number is uh, 7.5 to 10%. Uh, Definitely, if your number is 7.5% or above, you should strongly consider going on a medication called a statin. Uh, That being said, that's if you've already tried risk factor modification, which is exercise, weight loss, and diet. You know, some people even argue at 5%, you might actually consider going on a medication. So we'll talk about treatment of cholesterol in a second. But the thing that was so groundbreaking about this recommendation is number one, is a very large group of people, right? So the number of people out there with a 10-year risk of heart attack or stroke uh, of 7.5% or higher is pretty large. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of shifted us from thinking about just treating the number uh, of the LDL uh, to treating the person with that number. And so an LDL uh, or cholesterol panel that looks decent in an otherwise healthy 45-year-old can be actually really problematic uh, mm-hmm. in a 65-year-old with high blood pressure. Definitely. And so I, I think a lot of people don't understand that, you know, their cholesterol panel can remain exactly the same over a 10, 15 year period. But by the end of that period, because everything else about them has changed, the cholesterol is no longer in the acceptable range and needs to be treated. Actually, if you plug in the numbers, I think we did it once for fun. My dad and I talk about what we do at the yeah, wow. dinner table. Huh? Sounds like a really um, fun family activity. <laughs> Literally, if you're a 60 year old male with almost perfect cholesterol, it actually shows your numbers are higher than you think. Yeah. So age is a huge predictor of risk. Um, and I, I think the calculator is valid up to the age of 70 or so. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So everyone should just check out, uh, you can either go to our website, midying.com, or you can go to the ACC website, or just Google ASCVD risk calculator, mm-hmm. atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease risk calculator, and plug in your numbers and find out where you're at. If it's above 7.5%, um, then you should strongly consider lowering your cholesterol. Mark, you mentioned yeah. earlier people who are in that kind of intermediate range. So they put in their numbers and it's 5 to 7%-ish. Yeah. 
Uh, first of all, a lot of other factors are also, that's why it actually, everyone should be individualized and speak to their physician. Because um, if you have a family history of a heart heart attack or a stroke, uh, you need to be a little more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, actually, the rule of thumb I go by is 10 years before someone in your family had an event, they should be extremely aggressive with you. For instance, if your dad had a, his first heart attack at age 52, by age 42, you should actually be in as optimal shape as you can cholesterol-wise. And if not, consider going on a low dose of a statin. So let's say your cholesterol, you have no personal history of heart disease, you don't have diabetes, but you do have that family history and you're getting up towards that age where your family member had an event. Let's say you plug in your numbers on that risk calculator and your risk is like four or 5%. What, what would you do in that situation? Well, I think some people just feel a little better knowing that they're on a medication that will still decrease the risk of heart attacks and strokes by 30%, irregardless of the cholesterol-lowering effect. But if someone doesn't want to take a medication, these are the actual people I might do some other screening tests. You know, there's a calcium score. Yeah. Uh, and again, I don't order it on that many patients, but in this one group of patients, it could be very useful, which basically the calcium score is a quick CAT scan of your chest that sees if there's any calcium, which implies plaque. And, you know, if you have any calcium in your arteries, then clearly you should go on a low dose of a statin. Yeah. So that calcium score can actually be entered into that risk calculator and it, it moves your risk upward or downward. So mm -hmm, if, your cal if your cholesterol is kind of borderline, but you have zero plaque in your arteries, then, you know, even with the borderline cholesterol, the genetics are on your side and maybe you don't yeah. need to treat it. Um, but if you're borderline and you've got tons of plaque, then you definitely want to control what you can control for reducing your risk and, and get on something to lower your cholesterol. Yeah. Before we get to the most common reason why treating cholesterol, again, there's three main numbers, the triglycerides, the LDL, L for lousy, and the HDL. In a subset of group, the HDL and LDL are okay, or at least the LDL is okay, but the triglycerides are high. Uh, so that's a particular group of people that just actually have isolated high triglycerides. And those are the ones that we really want to see what their triglycerides are uh, when they're fasting to see, uh, because just having isolated high triglycerides can actually be very serious also, yeah. uh, not only with heart disease, but also it can cause pancreatitis. So let's talk about how we actually treat all these problems now. So now that now yeah. we've outlined all the problems, all the, the ways in which the LDL can be lousy, and as you say, um, a situation where the... Uh, triglycerides can be a problem. So the, the number one medication that we use by far is a statin. Uh, and most people have heard of statins. Lipitor is probably the most popular statin out there. Crestor, Zocor, you know, those ads where that guy is like uh, rowing the boat down the stream. I think that was a Lipitor ad. Wasn't that you? <laughs> I wish. I wish I was getting paid millions of dollars to row a boat for 10 seconds on TV. But yeah. sadly, no. Um, so those are statins. And statins are among the most popular drugs out there today. Uh, they're widely, widely used. Tens of millions of people around the country are on statins. But they get a bad rap um, for a lot of reasons. We'll talk about the, the potential problems with those in a second. But first, let's talk about the good. So statins are very, very powerful. Mark, what do you typically like to see when you start somebody on a statin? How much should their cholesterol go down by? You know, I'm surprised sometimes how... 
even a low dose can have such a big effect on people. And I find, especially if someone's in their 40s or 30s or 50s and they exercise a lot, sometimes I put them on half the lowest dose and their LDL will drop like 50% within three months. Yeah, you can see a really dramatic effect. And I think that's pretty much what we'd like to see, at least a 50 to 60% drop uh, in your bad cholesterol when you're on a statin. Um, and it sometimes doesn't take much. Uh, frequently, just as you say, with a low dose, you can get down into the target range. And it's a once-a-day medicine, uh, and it's very safe and well-tolerated. But there are side effects that can occur periodically, and these are the things that people focus on. Yeah, but, you know, the Internet is all filled with, you know, these are like pharmaceutical, like, you know, ways to control people's bloods and blah, blah, blah. And there's so many risk factors to the, the statins. And it's really not true. If you actually look at all the studies, 1% of people actually have side effects to the statins. Yeah. Most commonly, muscle aches. Yeah, muscle ache. But it's not like, I mean, look, anyone who's getting up there in age, you know, you wake up with some pain in your shoulder or pain in your knee after you went jogging. When we say muscle aches, uh, also called myositis, um, it's usually so severe, like you can't get up from a chair, like really pretty bad muscle aches. So just having like your toe hurt one day on the statin is not because of the statin. Yeah. So 99% of people don't get those, uh, around 1% or less do. Um, and if you experience something like that, it's usually easily addressed. Frequently, you can just switch to a different statin uh, or lower the yeah. dose. Uh, very rarely is it the case that you can't take any statin at all without having intolerable side effects and need to use Plus it's reversible. Medicines. So once you stop it, the muscle pain will go away. So nothing will be, you know, permanent. Yeah. There, there is a non-zero chance of having a severe muscle reaction, uh, like a, a true yeah. breakdown of muscle fibers, which can be serious and life-threatening, but it is extremely, extremely, extremely rare. And the potential yeah. upside benefit to the statins is so great that accepting, you know, the risk of this very, very rare complication is well worth the mm -hmm. trade-off for most people, just as, you know, getting a flu shot carries an infinitesimally small risk of complications, but the benefits are, are very great. And so that's why we recommend them pretty much to everybody. Yeah. And then everyone talks about liver abnormalities. Yes. In a few percentage of people, uh, your liver test might look abnormal. Uh, actually, um, when you start a statin, it's customary to test the blood to see how you're doing on the one hand and also see how your liver is doing three months after starting the statin. And if the liver is normal or hasn't changed much, then you're fine. You don't need to get it checked every three months. In fact, once you're on a statin, you could probably just get your blood checked once a year just to see you know, if the medication is effective. Uh, that being said, the statin, again, is a great medication. It has been shown to reduce heart attacks and strokes by 30% through an anti-inflammatory effect. Uh, it lowers your LDL. Um, the HDL being low in people is not really going to be affected by the statin. Uh, if your HDL is low, there's other things you're going to have to try to do, uh, exercise more and actually even drink a little alcohol. Alcohol has been shown to raise your, your HDL. In fact, Chris, you're out, your HDL is like in the 90s, isn't it? <laughs> Wait, before we stay in there, we should probably say what the normal HDL is. So in men, you want the HDL above 40, and in women, you want the HDL above 50. And again, the higher the HDL, the better off you are. I have one glass of wine with dinner, maybe three times a week, and I think my HDL is exceptional. Not the 90s, but I think it's around <laughs> 60s, 70s or so, so pretty good. You didn't tell us how much you drink with lunch and breakfast, though. <laughs> one other thing uh, to point out, if you can't take a statin for whatever reason, you just truly can't mm -hmm. tolerate any of them, or if your statin uh, doesn't get you to the target 
cholesterol level despite taking a high dose. There's other options out there. So there's other medications uh, that you can take by mouth that can help. One of them is called Zetia, and uh, cardiologists will frequently add that on. There's a new one too out there called Bempedoic Acid that I haven't used. It was just approved uh, in the last few months for lowering cholesterol, but that may show a lot of promise too. And then there's also mm -hmm. injectables. So uh, if your cholesterol is really off the charts, the statin's not making a dent, there are injectable medications once every two weeks uh, that can really, really lower your cholesterol quite extensively. And they're very safe other than the fact that you have to inject them. Uh, but because you have to inject them and they're also expensive, we don't use those unless statins have failed. And before we finish, we should talk about eggs and red meat. What are your thoughts on those? Yeah, so as you're eating, as you're eating a hamburger in front of me. <laughs> so yeah, so it, it, whether you're taking cholesterol medications or not, um, you should always try to practice a heart healthy diet and uh, reduce your risk of uh, having a high cholesterol just from lifestyle problems. And so yeah, so you know, I think the relationship between cholesterol intake and cholesterol levels isn't as strong as most people think. No. Uh, eating eggs. I don't think has been convincingly shown to raise your cholesterol yeah, most level. Most people, they're fine. Yeah. I think people sort of still generally recommend trying to limit your red meat intake uh, because if you have too much red meat, um, there's some thought that can increase your risk of heart disease. But even there, I think the relationship with cholesterol is not that strong. Um, so what are the lifestyle changes that you can do? You know, again, even if you're on a cholesterol medicine or if you're kind of borderline and, and you might need a cholesterol medicine, the key things are just weight loss, um, exercising a couple times a week. Well, more than a couple. The actual recommendation is five times a week for at least 30 to 50 minutes of fast walking or the equivalent. And having a healthy diet. I mean, again, whether meat specifically raises the cholesterol or not is not clear. What is true, though, is that people who are purely plant-based, vegan diet frequently will see a significant drop in their cholesterol. But that's not just avoiding red meat. That's avoiding all meat of any kind and all animal products, but and saturated fats. But yeah. unfortunately, you know, for a lot of people, that is a very difficult uh, change to make. And so uh, in, in many cases, we end up using medications just because that kind of lifestyle change isn't feasible. Uh, but you can try it if you want. Well, that was everything you need to know about cholesterol, but was afraid to ask. And way, way more. So, so take away, pay attention to your cholesterol, get it checked realize uh, that it's not just the number that we're treating, but the risk also. Uh, and that as you get older, your need for a cholesterol treatment is going to go up quite a bit. Uh, and the treatments are usually very, very safe and very effective. And you shouldn't avoid them uh, just because of something you read on the internet. So hope that was helpful, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hey everyone, at the Am I Dying podcast, we absolutely love answering listener questions. So if you've got one, please contact us and we will answer it during our show. You can call 855-AUDIO-66, that's 855-AUDIO-66, and press option number four for Am I Dying. If you're one of those weird people who doesn't have letters on your numbers, call 855-283-4666. Thanks. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Am I Dying is a production of Offscript Media. Our executive producer is Matthew Zachary. Andrew McDowell is our senior producer. Am I Dying is recorded, mixed, and edited by Ariel Nachman. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments and feedback. For more information, visit offscript.com.
Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.